Welcome back to the Rec Center. Back from a little break. He's Jack Ferris. I'm Lindsay Joy. And Jack, just real quick, why we took a two-week break, I think um, the people know, but we should just address it. Uh, Two weeks ago, we were really excited and getting ready to go to the Final Four. And then last week, we were the exact opposite of that. And so um, we didn't jump on here. How are you doing? This feels like the first Monday, or excuse me, the first Act real work day following the loss. Um, last week was just a lost week. Uh, you can ask anyone who saw me. I was just drifting through life. Um, you know, dreams shattered, future foggy. Just, just trying my best to live in the moment. Uh, but I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. How about you? We're back. There was a time yesterday. So we're recording this on on Monday. There was a time on Sunday where I said, I think I'm okay. I think I'm not okay with, with, you know, Gonzaga losing the championship the way they did. And I, I'm not like happy about it, but I think I'm okay. And I think I can move on now. And it took me until basically a full week, a full seven day cycle to get to the point where I was like, all right, the world is not actually going to end. So little perspective. The worst is, I mean, I just had to avoid like all my favorite TV shows and podcasts for a while. Mm-hmm. Like I had to avoid sports media for like five days. I listened to a podcast that like mentioned it. Um, and I, that's when I knew I was like going to be okay because I was able to hear the word Baylor without wanting to throw something across the room. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting better, but yeah, we're, um, interesting time to be a zag amazing season. We won't uh, go too far into it, but it was, uh, it was a fun ride and it ended horribly. Um, but I, I was thinking about this before we jump into the content, which by the way, I, we're, we're almost bad for not podcasting because I think our friends really needed fun, enjoyable content to flip their brains around. And we just didn't give them any, anything. I know some, some of our Zag friends watched Ted Lasso coming out of this. And that's, I think the best thing you can do, just cleanse your soul with Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. So we're sorry for not giving you um, some fun, you know, good content to get you through these trying times. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking yesterday, Jack, before we get into Rex for this week, one question with the whole Gonzaga, like always the bridesmaid, never the bride. That's feels like that's where we're going, right? What happens first? Gonzaga wins a national championship, or you or I get married. Oh, Gonzaga winning a national championship. Really? Gonzaga could easily <laughs> win a national championship this coming year. Should but will it happen? Friends. We could have won it this year. Will it happen? You think it'll happen first? That was quick. You didn't even have to think about that. Well, okay. Uh, well, Gonzaga could easily win a national championship within 12 months. Do you think but we you, don't or, have... you and I could not be married in the next 12 months? Zero percent chance. Unless something really, really bad happens. And by <laughs> really, really bad, I mean a, a, a wonderful miracle. Or, or someone needs a green card or something? Yeah, I, I, I could do that. I could marry someone for, for money. That's no problem. I just was, I mean, I just, I'm laughing at how, how quick you were to that, but yeah, I mean, what, I don't know, Chet's committing soon. We'll see what happens with that. Obviously they're going to be, I saw a, a way too early top 25 that had UCLA and Gonzaga as one and two. And that just, um, it's crazy, but fitting. I mean, they a hundred percent Gonzaga should be in that conversation for, for number one, but West coast basketball is, is back baby. So yeah, Gonzaga is going to be in the running and I guess we're not in the running is what you're saying. I don't think so. I wouldn't put us on any top 25 potentially married in 2022 list. Yeah, I I agree with you. I just, I wanted to get your take. And again, I'm uh, laughing at how quickly you arrived at that take. All right. Anything else before we jump into Rex? 
Uh, no, no, let's do it. I'm done talking hoops. Yeah. Hoops never, um, it's baseball season. Um, I think we probably have watched a lot of the same stuff over the last couple of weeks. We actually haven't talked about this, but I'm gonna let you go first and then we'll kind of bounce off. Maybe if we have some overlapping recs, I feel like probably we will. Um, what's your first rec of the week? Um, I guess I'll go something that you have uh, mentioned, um, behind her eyes. Oh, I thought you were in Go Bear Town. Okay, different vibe behind her. Oh, eyes. Yes. Bear Town. Bear Town. I realize is still a lot of people haven't had it, so I wanted to like break down Bear. I wanted to. I wanted to do a spoiler episode of Bear Town. Okay, next week we're, we'll spoil. If you're listening to this, go watch Bear Town. It's five episodes. It's you can do it, uh, and then we'll talk about it next week. What were your thoughts on Behind Her Eyes? Behind Her Eyes. Uh, I started, and I watched it uh sequentially one morning while I was working mm. in Spokane this past week and um it's st- the first 45 minutes of the pilot is so lame and so cookie cutter it's a classic love triangle uh you know a neglected wife a hot young secretary a psychologist uh you don't know who the bad guy is you think you have an idea as to who the asshole of the group is. Then you switch. You're like, oh, this person's the asshole. Then you switch. You're like, oh, this person's definitely the asshole. And then the whole thing flips upside down. And uh, I will say this, and I think a ton of people who are listening to this have already watched it. This isn't spoiling anything. But anytime there's any kind of like hint of supernatural stuff in shows, you have to make sure that there's rules and that the rules are clearly defined. And I think they do a very good job of that. Now that's all I'll say. And again, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not spoiling anything. But they, they, uh, they handle the supernatural stuff well. So it's not a spoiler to say that there is supernatural stuff. But like I said, my beef with this was I went in thinking there was not supernatural stuff at all. So I think now that everyone has talked about it, like everyone knows that there is, um, it's not a spoiler. But yeah, there. So just know that that's what you're going into. That was my main takeaway did you enjoy yourself did you enjoy the the time watching it i didn't until like the last pilot it was one of the most satisfying pilots or it's not sorry satisfying finales i've seen in in a while uh (laughs) they tied up all loose ends the sign of a good pilot in any thriller and this starts as like this like a drama and then definitely like shifts into a classic like 90s erotic thriller like basic instinct kind of thing um and they the a good finale, as I mentioned, a good bow on top of everything is when you think you have it all figured out. And then the last like 10 minutes, they completely flip it upside down one more time for you. Uh, and they do that in a big way here. All right. So yeah, I, can't, you- I, I, I was shocking. I was surprised at how much I liked it. Okay. Actually. Jack recommends it. And I actually, it's funny. You said you think a lot of our listeners have watched it. I, I actually don't know that they have. I know a lot of people have watched it. I have not really heard anything from like our immediate friends or listeners that they watched it. So I, I was on to know if you can convince them better than I did. Cause I definitely was like, probably don't jump. On I was, this. I was on a plane yesterday and uh, this like middle-aged woman was sitting next to me and she started it. And this, I, I mentioned this series is like an erotic thriller. There are, there's so much outrageous, like gratuitous sex scenes that just, they're, they go on for a little bit too long. It's it's definitely a choice. And yeah, it's a choice. And I was just like giggling to myself because I was like, 
every time there was a sex scene, I could see her like embarrassingly like skip ahead 15 seconds, skip ahead, skip ahead. She had to hit the skip ahead much, much more time. I'm having a bad day. I can't talk, which is <laughs> a bummer because okay. I talk for a living. It's all right. Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm keeping that in. We're gonna. We know what you were. What you were saying. It is funny. You gotta. You gotta. Um. You gotta know that your plane show is free of any anything embarrassing. Like you gotta know what you're turning on on a plane. Yeah. So. She. Uh, and then I. When we landed, I was like, "What do you think of behind her eyes?" And she was like, "Oh my oh. god, I'm loving it." No. Way. We, there, we talked about it. Yep. That is amazing. Okay. Anything else uh, on that? Okay. I'm going to jump into a a doc that I watched on an airplane coming home from um, the final four. That's the last time I will say those two evil words again. Uh, Have you watched the WeWork documentary on Hulu? I have not. Okay. I recommend it. And it's, it's, it is a tale as old as time at this point in society. Um, If you've seen, I believe it's called the inventor on HBO, the, um, oh my gosh, Elizabeth Holmes, who was, um, who was Theranos? Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth. Okay. I should have Googled this. Sorry. It's like the Theranos documentary, but it's with WeWork. And all I really knew going in was the WeWork IPO was a disaster. Like I knew that from the news cycle a couple of years ago, that something bad happened, that, that this company was valued at $47 billion and then essentially went bankrupt very quickly. And it was, again, this classic tale of this quote unquote charismatic leader of this company, you know, he's the, um, the founder and he's just like, he's got this cult like following and everybody loves him and everyone loves this company. And he basically, you know, was saying the value in this company, you know, going forward, like he was just so good at talking it up. And then when they had to make their information public for the IPO, everyone was like, Oh, you guys, you don't have any money. You don't make any money. You're not profitable. And like this whole thing's kind of a sham. So we work, I think everyone knows is these like office spaces across the country um, really started in New York. And so this documentary on Hulu, I think it's just called we work, but if you put, we work in, it'll come up. Um, this documentary just goes through the whole thing. So how did he, you know, how did he found this company? How did he become this, this personality type that he is through, the rise, everything's amazing. We work's amazing. And then like the ultimate fall. So it's, it's that classic story. It doesn't really have beats that you haven't seen before, but it's just interesting to watch again, these riches to rags, rags to riches back to, to rags story. Um, yeah, it, it, he's it, worth it, like millions now. So it's not, you know, Oh, he, he bounced back. He, he got, um, he just got a good buyout from um, essentially what happened. Like he didn't end up with zero. He ended up with, they basically gave him millions of dollars to leave and never come back. I, I do think I'm getting a little bit of the white collar crime uh, led by a sociopath, true, true crime docs. You know what I mean? You're getting fatigued of that. Yeah. Like everything's great and too good to be true. And oh yeah, because it is. And uh, you know, a lot of people got screwed out of stuff and boom. So part of the interesting thing with this is the people that got screwed out of it were like the people who were ultimately harmed were the people who were working for the company we work. And there was obviously quite a few of them. And they thought that they were like on this ride and going to work for, we work their whole lives and everything's amazing. And then all of a sudden one day it's like, you know, you're all fired and we're all, we all have zero dollars. So there is fallout, but really his crime was just that he was like, and it's, it's almost like, um, the Theranos thing, I mean, she was like, this technology is going to save the world. And then it turns out the technology didn't exist. So 
I don't know what you would say the harm is there, but with this, it was basically just like, this guy just lied about his company being profitable. And then people discovered him because when you go public, that's going to come out. Like he couldn't hide it forever. So not a lot of victims, we know ultimately, which I think is, makes it a little bit more enjoyable. But I know, I know what you're saying like when you say you have fatigue with this, it is the very classic. Like, we have seen this movie before mm-hmm. literally. So, but, but I, with all that, I still enjoyed it. It was mm-hmm. a plane watch. So I was very like one screen, you know, when you're on a plane, you're just locked in. Cause you can't look at your phone. You can't do anything else. So, um, I was pretty locked in and I just found it like pretty enjoyable. So I recommend it. Uh, that's where Hulu. Yes. Hulu. Uh, Let's go back to Netflix. The uh, this is a robbery doc. That's on my list. So tell me to watch it or not. <clears throat> is that not that funny? Because we were just having this conversation with my friend Haley, our friend Haley, about um, you should the qualifier. You should watch it. But I'll tell you this: I was a little disappointed in it. Um, if you're making a list as, as to things to watch, I would put it towards the bottom. It's crazy interesting, and. You know, it's I I always am fascinated to find out information of like a, a crazy crime occurrence like this that happened in our lifetime that I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely like a classic Wikipedia immediately after you're done kind of situation. Um, it's a little bit like Unsolved Mysteries in that you're it's it's like it's like sex without an orgasm. Because you're looking for everything to wrap up, and the best documentaries do that in the best way. Obviously, um, the jinx. The jinx, and I had another example in mind. Maybe I'm still in the fog of loss. Fog <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were okay, but maybe I'm still in the fog. I'd anyway, say it's the allowed. best. That's allowed. The best documentaries wrap it up in in such a way that is like just beautiful, and you you feel so satisfied. This one is just like, okay, um, there's just, there's a lot of theories as to what happened with uh, how it went down, where all the art went. Um, so this is an unsolved crime. It's an unsolved crime. Okay. Heads okay. up, it's an unsolved crime. It's definitely, it's very much like an elaborate unsolved mysteries episode. It's like four hours. Which, by the way, do you think it's, I, someone made this point with, um, uh, hotel death. Um, oh my gosh. Cecil hotel. Cecil. That document. Yeah. Someone made this point, uh, in a review of that, that basically Netflix has said to everyone, if you are making a docu series for us, it is three or four episodes minimum. Like there is no Netflix one-off. Although I do think made you look, which was not produced for Netflix, um, is, is 90 minutes or whatever, but every, like so the, we work is, is just, it's one hour 45 and you're out. But yeah, Netflix but I, does this think- every time. I think that's a, especially a documentary filmmaker. I think that's their dream is to just have you want six hours, fine. You want eight hours, go for it. You want four hours, no problem. Yeah. I think it's you know when you work with, well, nobody works with networks anymore. But when you work with like an HBO, they're a little bit more. Actually, no, I've heard HBO is hands off too. Anyway, I don't. I, I I'm down with the long form format. My- my question with Netflix isn't, are they hands-off? Is it, are they hands-on where the mandate is it's three or four episodes minimum? Like, are they saying, they're not saying do whatever you want with it. Cause there's no way that every single documentary filmmaker is like, I want to do exactly four episodes, but it feels like this format. Is yeah. Like- but they do, they do want to go long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, may, so maybe they, maybe they give Netflix their cut and then Netflix slices and dices. 
So we talked about Murder Among the Mormons, and that was a three-parter that I think if you put it all together would have just been like a two-hour documentary, right? It was three relatively short episodes. They weren't four hours, I don't think. So rather than Netflix putting that out as one chunk, they just choose to break it up, which which is very possible that that's happening. But I just, it's funny to see how every crime series that comes out now is the exact same format with no deviation. So, Well, a lot of, you know, normal people with families only have... Maybe. 45 minutes to an hour to watch before bed or before their kid wakes up from the, their nap or something. So diving into like a two and a half hour documentary is, uh, is, is a little too much, little but then too much if commitment. you break it up, then it's like, well, yeah. I've come to the end of an episode. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, Oh, uh, you know, Frankie's going to be up in an hour. This is 47 <laughs> minutes. Perfect. Do you have any kids, uh, friends, kids named Frankie? Nope. That's why I went with it. Okay. Um, all right. So anything else with this? Uh, What's it called? It's called the. Hi- it's called. It's called. Um, this is a robbery. Okay. I like and the title. it's it's all it's all over your top ten. So yeah. No, uh, I've seen it. Like I said, I've I've been putting it off, but um, I, I would put it at the bottom of your list. Okay. Um, I do have a list right now, so I'm glad that you said that. This is a pretty doc heavy episode because I'm actually going to do another one. Oh, I've got uh, another one know, too. I don't know why I went into. Um, the documentary world so hard. I'm normally I'm the kind of person who just watches like sex in the city or Gilmore girls after the emotional crash of what happened last week. Mm -hmm. So watched a ton of documentaries and um, my next two are actually of that vein. So this is actually one you've talked about. And it's funny. You said documentaries that wrap up well um, are important. And it's funny that you mentioned documentaries that just want to go really long because this is, I think six total hours and it's Q into the storm on HBO or HBO max. Um, wow. Have you finished this? I'm, I put on the fifth episode last night cause I've been okay. gone and I fell asleep during it. This is one of those words. I actually fell asleep during the fifth episode too. That was literally, uh, apropos of nothing. So, so this is one where I'm like, text me when you finish this, because there is, um, a conclusion to this. I saw that they, they pretty much point to who they think Q is. Right. Mm -hmm. And they do a really good job of it. And I just found it fascinating. So before I say how much I love this docu-series, it's there's, you watch it and you're like, is this problematic because they're really, really, really giving a voice and attention and not necessarily positive attention, but maybe not negative enough attention to this movement. And there it's, it's a lot of people who believe in this movement and essentially the people who facilitate the movement and they're almost humanizing those people. And so it's like, do we need that? So there is definitely, um, I'm sure there are think pieces. I have not sought them out, but there is definitely something a little bit off where you're like, this is amazing. It's probably the best docuseries in a lot of ways that I've seen in a long time, but like, should I be this deep in this, like in this movement. And like I said, I don't think that he ever makes, I don't think the filmmaker ever makes it seem like you should believe in it, but he just really, really, really gives a voice to everything about it. Um, do you want to say something? Yeah. I think again, um, people who don't live on the fringe of society, people who don't live on the fringe of the internet, like ourselves don't realize what the hell was going on. And like, I think we all know, we, we heard whisperings of QAnon, like in the last six months or so, we just kind of brushed it off for, for what it is. Uh, this gives a detailed history as to not necessarily the QAnon movement, but the platform for which QAnon was able to have a voice 
And that's which is, the, which is even more interesting, I think. That is why it is interesting as well. You mentioned the platform. It really follows the three guys who started 8chan. So the one guy who actually started 8chan and then the two men who took it over. By the way, that dude, that dude in the wheelchair is like three years younger than us. Fred. Yeah. Yeah. Fred's like three years younger than us. Um, Fred's dog is the star of this documentary. So they're just the ultimate complex people because Fred has this change of heart, you know, later on in life. And, and so another thing I will say about this, it's very interesting. It's very entertaining, but it's also very dark because you relive horrible, horrible mass shootings, um, that we have seen over the last, I would say five years. The, the first one that's really focused on this is New Zealand. And then, um, El Paso is involved because eight Chan, which hosts QAnon was also hosting a place for these people to talk about their, crimes. And it's really, really, really dark. And it's really hard to watch all this. I actually watched this shortly after the Boulder shooting and it is heavy. Like you will not, I, you can't sit there and be like, Oh, it was so entertaining. I, I loved it because there's just a heaviness and a darkness to it. But with that being said, it just to, to delve so deep into the subject. And he just did such a great job with them um, again, with showing you all the little details. There's a lot of red herrings in there. So he's trying to figure out who Q is. Q is this person who posts on the internet. I won't even explain the QAnon um, theories, but he does a very good job of explaining them. And so he's trying to figure out who this is and who started this movement. And then he's showing you like what happened with the movement. And obviously, by the way, it ends with the Capitol um, storming. So that's another thing that you don't want to relive that you will be reliving. But it's fascinating. He did a great job. Um, there's Icarus vibes. And actually, Jack, I don't think you're at that part. Um, there's also, I wrote Argo vibes and you'll get to that soon. Um, there's a lot of good TV. Um, there's one part where Fred says like, this is great cinema or something. And it is, um, it's fascinating. It's, it's informative. Um, I, like you said, I think a lot of people don't know the ins and outs of Q. I didn't necessarily obviously know every detail. So be informed, be prepared that it's a little heavy and rough to watch at times, but get to the end because I think there's that kind of satisfying conclusion that, um, that you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not what you expect. It's a, it's a, it's a rocky road and these people are cringe awkward, mm -hmm. not the, fringe awkward. They're, they're fringe and cringe awkward. The, the characters son, in the, it are. The, I, I was going to say the son's the creepiest, but the father is so creepy yep. too. They're all the creepiest and not Fred. Fred's not creepy, but they're, they are characters in every positive and negative sense of that term. Um, okay. Uh, my last one. Have you ever seen <laughs> the Lou Pearlman documentary? The um, boy band one? It, yeah. Like, is that a couple years old? Uh, it's two years old. I either watched it or I made a mental note to watch it and never did. But yeah, was, I'm, I'm, on, I mean, I know the Lou Portman story. It's on YouTube. I thought it was Hulu. It's YouTube original. Okay. I just stumbled upon it this morning and watched it while working. Okay. The, the, I hope my boss has never listened to this. The Boy Band Con, the Lou Perlman story on YouTube. It came out exactly two years ago. Well, March 12th, 2019. It is so well done. I was alarmed at how well done it was because it starts the first like 10 to 15 minutes is the rise of, you know, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Um, the only Backstreet Boy they have on it is, um, is AJ. Oh, I was going to say Howie. 
Which, by the way, AJ, AJ wait, isn't AJ's like cleaned his life. AJ looks good. AJ looks fine. Okay. He looks like really good, actually. And then they've got um, every in sync member but Justin, awesome. and they kind of they kind of tell the story of the early rivalry between the two. Well, there's still a rivalry between the two, but how they were play, pitted against each other, and it's in sync for a long time was like the laughing stock. I don't know if you remember this. But there was one Disney Channel special that Backstreet Boys turned down. And so Lou Perlman put in NSYNC. And that Disney Channel special ran for like six months, like continuously. And that's how they got, you know, their their leg up on Backstreet Boys. Anyway, 15 minutes in, you think it's a boy band documentary and and just that era. And then then they go back and tell the Lou Perlman story from like the 60s in Queens mm-hmm. and how he's always been a con man. And it is fascinating. It is so good. And I haven't seen this. And I, now that you're saying this, I definitely have not seen this. And I, like I said, it was on my list at some point and I clearly didn't get to it. But one of the crazy things about the story is the man who managed NSYNC and Backstreet Boys would be fascinating anyway. Just the fact that he kind of created, created these monsters, like a a different time of pop stars. Um, LFO, O-Town. With he, so was he on making the band? Because O Town is making the he band. He launched making the he band. Was the original, they get in, yeah, he was the original. They get into why they got into making the band. It's in like everyone knows that he had a bitter breakup with NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. They go into why, and it, it's it's so good. Yeah. They were making less than minimum wage for like two and a half years and didn't realize yes. it. Which, by the way, shout out to Taylor Swift, changing the way that artists uh, own their art now. Um, would. Uh, Anything else on this? I'm 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 in. I'm sold. I yeah. There's also there's also. I mean, he was uh, he was running a Ponzi scheme for yeah for like 25 years. It's unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable story. Yeah, um, the classic con man, but who also happens to manage two of the biggest bands of all time. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. Everyone is like between fairly representing him to like hating on him. Like this guy's a despicable human being. The only guy who's like pro 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 proman is uh aaron carter (laughs) and aaron carter does not look good my friends he does not look good he's had a rough decade i saw aaron carter once at the um at the grove in la we talked this was like when he was when we were all teenagers i think aaron carter's probably younger than me but um he's had a rough decade he god he was like Um, on the verge of crying the whole time Oh, that's rough. Okay. I'm, I'm in, um, we, sorry, this was not intended to be a full doc episode, but, um, here we are. You did behind her eyes. Was that the only scripted? I think it was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Behind her eyes. And then, um, I'm down on the, this is a robbery. Oh yeah. But that's a docuseries. That's oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So my last one, um, and I've mentioned this on here before the formula one docuseries on Netflix is, just phenomenally done. I love everything about it. Um, I tangentially was aware of formula one and storylines, but I think now I like know everything about, which obviously I don't, but it's fun to, to watch it. So I recommend this series as a whole. There are three, it's called F1 drive to survive. There are three seasons on Netflix. They're all 10 episodes. Um, so if it's daunting to do the 30 hours and they're, they're not all an hour long, I should say the finale last night was like um, 38 minutes, but this is my recommendation. Watch season three, episode nine. So actually the finale of season three, it just dropped a week or two ago. The the finale was 
incredibly disappointing. Um, it felt like they took all of the storylines they didn't use throughout the season and they just put them in the last episode, including um, Lewis Hamilton and the Black Lives Matter movement because he's the only current black driver in Formula One. He also happens to be the greatest Formula One driver of all time. He'll pass um, Schumacher this year for most championships. So I, I did not like the last episode. However, if you don't want to watch the full thing, if you don't want to start with 1-1, Go to season three, episode nine. It is a phenomenal episode of television. There are certain things I didn't like about the editing. They drag stuff out pretty far. But aside from that, it's it's arguably like a perfect episode of this show. Um, you don't really need the context. They do it. You wouldn't know necessarily who some of the players are, but I don't think you need to know their full backstories. You don't have to have watched the prior two seasons to be just enthralled by what is happening. So there's two main parts of it. There's like a crash and then a finish that are both some of the most like compellingly amazing things I've seen on TV. Watch season three, episode nine of the show, watch the whole show, but just watch that one episode. It's gripping. It's emotional. Uh, it's just everything. So I can't say enough good things about it. Um, the show is great. It's basically, they just follow these guys. They have incredible access for the entire season. So they take everything that happens in the course of a season and they just give you the best stuff. And it's, um, it's amazing. So have you watched it at all, Jack? I have not. I've not heard, I, heard good things. This is a show that I've been telling people to watch at least since last year, it was a big quarantine show for me. Cause I think season two dropped right before quarantine and I've been telling people to watch it and like, nobody will. And I don't know what I'm doing wrong about selling it because I feel like I recommend it so much and people brush it aside. And I don't know if people have tried it and not gotten into it or if they just are uninterested in racing that happens. Like it's not, it's not an American sport by any means. So. I mean, I wouldn't be interested in American racing, um, I'd definitely be more interested than form in Formula One than R NASCAR, um, yeah. and I think most people would feel that way. Uh, Formula One is just sexier. Uh, yeah, no, I find that the documentaries or the docu series on those—I uh, mean, they're pretty much reality shows, right? On like yeah. the on the fringe sports, like Amazon has the rugby one with the All Blacks, and they have. Um, a cricket one that is unbelievable so i think the less you know about the sport the more fun it is yeah and they do a good job like i said it's it helps probably for that episode if you have context but it, you don't really need it but they do a good job of introducing you to the personalities involved so there's 20 drivers in formula one there's 10 teams two drivers each so with a limited set of people to introduce you to like they have plenty of time to let you really really get to know i didn't Most realize it was that small yeah, there's, so 20, there's 20 Formula One drivers in the entire world. So if you're a driver, you're the man. If you're a Formula One driver, you are the man. Bigger than an NFL quarterback. Yes, there are 20. Yeah. So there's 32 NFL quarterbacks mm -hmm. starting. There's 20 Formula One drivers. And you can lose your seat. I mean, if you have a few bad races, they can just swap you out with someone who's waiting in the wings. So it's crazy in, in so many ways. And like I said, with that, you really get to know their personalities because – they really, really focus in probably on 10 guys, but they introduce you to just a lot of the players. Um, but even, like I said, even without the background, even without knowing these people's personalities to watch again, that, that one episode is, uh, I just can't recommend it enough. Please watch it. <laughs> Someone. Um, okay. Anything else for the week? No, ma'am. We're going to watch some 
I've got a lot more documentaries on my list though. Sorry about that. We're going to watch some scripted stuff. Um, there's a Kate Winslet show coming out. I don't know if we're going to tape if it comes out, I think it comes out on Sunday. There's an H HBO Kate Winslet show coming out that I'm really excited about. Is it Kate Winslet? I'm saying that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Kate Winslet. My heart there's, will go on. There, Her heart is still going on. There's, I'm pretty sure it's Kate Winslet. I'm blanking now, but there's a, um, an HBO show. It's kind of, um, the Amy Adams show on HBO. Um, oh my gosh, where she goes back to her hometown. She's a detective. There's that vibe of it. Oh, sharp objects, sharp objects. It seems a little bit like that. I'm pretty sure it's Kate Winslet that is coming out soon. So I'm excited about that, but we got, um, more stuff to watch. I'm spoiling bear town next week. Just FYI. Watch, watch bear town. And, um, we will talk next week. Hockey night on the rec center.